Good day, friends. Welcome to the Swimming in the Ocean of Consciousness podcast. I'm your host, Elcio Eber, transformational author, speaker, and life coach. Allow me to be a guide as you discover your higher self and your magic within. So where do you see us going? Well, like you said, I think, I think we're here, we're at a sensitive place on the stream between consciously incompetent and becoming consciously competent. <laughs> Only until we become consciously competent that we can make the conscious decision that will make changes in our everyday life first, in our family, household operations second, in the social rings that we have outside of our family third, and then our commitments to, you know, the government to the structures and the, the societies outside of us, schools, church, everything else. It has to be just like the sound, a source, and then an echo vibration outwards into the world and changes. And as it touches one hand to the other and one heart to the other, there will be change. But those changes are complicated changes that a person needs to make of the self. And that's like you were saying when you brought this up to me to have a conversation. It's like these are difficult conversations that governments don't sit and have with each other. You know, churches don't really sit and get deep down between racism and separating races and economic injustices and social injustices. There's never really a sit down of the key people or components of a society that can really bring factual changes in or convince individuals to conform to their own conceptual understanding of what it means to unlock from being consciously incompetent. I mean, you're aware something is wrong, this just doesn't feel right, but you have no choice but to keep flowing with it. And every day you ask, How, why am I flowing with this? Well, I have no choice. I have to go with it, but I know it doesn't feel right. I got to change it. Yeah, but we just got to keep going, flowing with it. And then you get to be constantly competent. It's okay. I understand this is what's wrong. This is how we deal with it. But this is what's wrong and this is how we deal with it. I think it should not be an individual decision. And there we have then global harmony with the world that resonates that sound because then there is, there is and will be a point where we will be able to all voice that one opinion that helps us figure out the best guiding light forward. And that's what I meant. If we put the sphere of the earth first, we put the soul of the, the very thing we call our grounding life force first, from within, we'll have a resonant sound that will open the hearts of man. And that opening will bring forth conscious light forward. So it, it's much like we need to, we as Individuals need to do the work that brings the balance between the species of the world and the atmosphere and the environment. And to this and, harmony... And there is hope. Th there's always hope because... Millennials and younger are very community-oriented, by and large, and reject discrimination on every level. And I, I, I think that's wonderful. You know, like you said, if the people flow through your office, you know, you see all, all races, all nationalities, all colors, and there's always that, good day, how are you? So happy to see you. Great. You know, and, and how, how come we, we, we can't be that way all the time? And that's where I said it's, it's a difficult thing because it, it's, it's consciousness. So it takes work on self, with self, in self, to consciously be conscious consciously. 
if not, you're going to slide into to wherever the, the light pulls you. And especially if you're blinded first by the society or the governmental structures, you put it, that are separated from, we tend to just sort of go with what is fed to us by media or by print and movies and music and but that, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that, that is a, a form of control that is breaking down on a minute-by-minute minute basis as, as, we, as we move forward because we, uh, I'm, I'm going to go back and I'm going to mention something else. When I was younger, we had three television stations where I lived. This was way before uh, cable even was thought about. And a figure that was um, quite prominent in my, in my youth growing up was Walter Cronkite. He was on um, CBS News. He was the, the nightly anchor. And that was a nightly ritual. We would watch the news as a family. And whatever he said was law. And he, it was infallible. And we accepted it. Then as time went on, he, and, uh, he finally uh, retired. And I remember in the 90s, I was um, teaching a Wednesday night Bible class at my church. And I made the comment that we, we have grown away, um, not grown away, but we used to believe in our media. Yeah, yeah. But... By that time, by the by the middle uh, 1990s, anything that was said was suspect. And I contend that today a lot of what we what we consume is nothing more than propaganda. It's just fed to us. So we have the Internet where if you so choose, if you want to see truth or you want to see alternative interpretation it's readily available and you have to discern truth for yourself we're not fed fed it like we were in the past yeah selected but it's also being if you're careful you can get it from the right sources that you you know are consciously also aware of that propaganda factor and it's just trying to be bring truth across and, and clarity to help others see through it no, it's very true. And for me, well, you know, it was it was the family sitting watching Tom Brokaw. So. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Same, same, but different era, you know. But yeah, for me, they're watching Tom Brokaw. But yeah, you always look forward to what you, you hung on every word he said. And you're looking for the next thing that, okay, that, oh, wow, that happened? Really? Okay, this is what's going on. And well, the, 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 the um, crux of it is that it was believable. They didn't give us opinion. This was the news. They presented the news, and it was pretty straightforward. And um, at that time, the law was such with, with the F FCC had the fairness doctrine. If you presented a view, then you would have to also give airtime to the opposing view. And we no longer have that. The, the fairness doctrine was eliminated years and years and years ago. And so you can see it. It's got a slant. And I, I, I think that has not been helpful. No, definitely. Um, and this is this is the tricky part. Is it's, it's difficult because for so so many being consumed by this media or the 
places where our music, our TV, our news, everything that we, we, we know about the, the reality of the world we live in comes from propaganda place based structure and few people own those companies and are connected to those few leaders that make those decisions. Like you said, I'm not those people making those decisions, I'm just a citizen, but I have no choice in the things that happen. That's the difficult part in the internal work that is necessary. And that's why I kept bringing it up that it will always come back to the individual decision that the individual has to go from being consciously incompetent. I don't know what to do, how to make this change into consciously competent that I'm confident that I understand this, this isn't correct in some way, way of living. And my very existence will be about living it the best way I can to how I think it should be from within the confines I have control to do that or to, you know, government gives you allowance to, to live a free life. There's, there's things you have to structurally conform to until you can make bigger changes where the whole system starts to change for the betterment of the world. But that's that big gap I was trying to show earlier between us as everyday citizens that are becoming awakened to self and those whose point of view is that for thousands of years, them and their institutions and their generation that have been passed down into that control factor have been what they consider miles ahead in, in, in forward thinking to the everyday man. And evident to that is how government and military have access to certain technologies 10, 20, 30 years before they release it into the public that they now have control of the patents for. And what we think is the coolest iPhone and the coolest gadget is something that is 40 years old and technology-wise that has already been used by the governments and the higher ends of systems. So it means even though we're becoming consciously aware of ourselves, we're, we're kept so far behind those who really control us. It, it takes time to, to unify one-to-one <laughs> as we, we, we stop to really grasp how massive this thing is well uh, yeah it's like it's like trying to to guide a a large tanker or a large ship with a and you've got a small rudder yeah you can make the change but the direction that it goes is not going to be immediate it's going to uh, it's going to take some time to change course so let's look at this in relation to enlightenment and look at where we were, where we are, and where what we are manifesting for tomorrow. So we are in a point today where you have camps set up. You have the Republican camp, and you have the Democratic camp, and you have the Green, and, and, and this one, and that one. And everybody is screaming at each other to the top of their lungs. And we're all wrong. Everybody's wrong. I'm right and you and everybody else is wrong. So what was going to happen is that we're going to continue to do this until there is a travesty. And it it, it may or may not be a nine eleven. It it may or may not be uh Indonesian tsunami or Pacific Ocean tsunami. It could be anything. It could be financial, it could be um, re- anything. Or, or it could just be a spontaneous moment of one coming to light with themselves and the creative stream. That Individually, m- yes. Yeah, and I say this because, you know, when one-to-one, the change is made one-to-one, 
that becomes the number, the, the, the multiples that we are. Yes. And let's say we are enslaved mentally, socially, economically by the system, as we call it. Just, just, just for the sake of conversation, we'll say the system oppresses the, the people. And as we begin to awaken ourselves, which was the conversation we were having, do we really have the ability of power to, to, to bring balance to that control that the system has from an electoral perspective? Is the Constitution able to be upheld in such a way that we, it can be used the way the forefathers intended it to be used for, for this very moment when the individual is threatened to such a point that government needs to be questioned? The authority military forces need to be questioned. The moral fibers of our society and governments need to be questioned. Then isn't the constitution there for that purpose that the people can rally around that? And that's why we were never meant to disarm and support because we have, we are, we are the only one that can defend the constitution against these types of systematic android type of programmable constitutional rights that just structure us down. We, we, but how do we make those changes? So one-to-one, we begun to, to, to enlighten and find our way. And kind of like how you and I, we just extend a hand to each other and say, hey, brother, hey, brother, how are you? <laughs> but it, it's from a place of love and light. And I think we can never lose our way in this whole ocean of consciousness that it is of, of love and light and how we, we should always remain in that place of consciousness of love and light because it's so easy to then develop anger or hatred and whether we intend it or not, you know, in, in the fight for freedom, there, there, there's always rebellions and there's always wars, like you said, and there's always casualties. The, the thing with casualties is that they, they can be avoided, but it, it's, it's emotion that needs to be controlled from the individual. And then from the government perspective, it's just a quick trigger to know that they have a fresh supply of young soldiers to send out <laughs> to keep fighting these wars. You know, and we, we, are, we are those that are consumed and are not blinded to keep producing them. <laughs> so it's kind of like a farm factor. That's very heavy and very deep, I, I get it. But um, it's a level of... Can we make those changes to voting rights in time? And if it takes 100 years or it takes 50 years, can we do it in 10? It, it, it's up to us as a collective. I don't think it's, it's up to one political party or the other. And I think that the moment we can go past political parties to start to figure out, well, then isn't that a form of division? Are we separating each other between our I was just parties? going to say that. It, it's, a, it's a form of divide and conquer. That, yeah, that's really all it is. So we're looking in a different direction that these politicians and economical leaders and people that financially support them leading yeah. in that direction while that so-called system and the other side is doing these other things that we are not aware of. And then we as a people get pulled into the casualties of these decisions. But in the casualty of these decisions, yeah, it's, it's, it's sh- so, you know, kudos to you. <laughs> it's a, it's a, you brought up a very difficult conversation to the table today to have a discussion about and like you said it's not something that many people globally want to talk about this whole reparation between the races and accepting of slavery and the history of slavery what was done whose control when was freedom given or not given and 
are we truly free or do we just lose the chain but become enslaved into something else and never really knowing it? Two, three hundred years later, we are just generations of people that made an agreement with a system. <laughs> All we can call it now is a system. And today we, we, we have this aftermath that we have to kind of make a decision. Where do we fit in and how much true, how far, do, how far does your human rights go, you know? Compared to the, to to the what's necessary for governments to to succeed, how much how valuable is a singular life? I'm I'm also going to contend that, and you may not agree with this. That's fine. We are making a change, and a perfect example of how we as individuals are making a change is the election of the president that we have right now, because that was a defiance of all norms across the board, because this man should not be there. Yet the American people spoke up, enough American people spoke up, and they put him in office against everything. The whole system was geared toward the other side, toward putting in an insider. But the American people said, no, we want an outsider. We don't like the system the way it is. No, we want it changed. And they voted for this other person who came in with a, with a promise to drain the swamp. <laughs> and we did make a change. And I, I don't want to give the impression that this election... Uh, I lost my train of thought. That's fine. This election was not, it, it was more of a symptom. It was a message. The message being, we do not like the consciousness where it is, where it has been. We want, we want it to change. We want our freedom. And then that's the constitutional rights expressing itself the best way possible. That Exactly. Because, you know, how long can you go on where it's just one seasoned politician after another promising basic changes and... It, and never delivering. It should have been hundreds of years ago, you know, from the laws that are on the books, we should have had certain... And that's where everyone said those that are in charge has a certain gap between them and the everyday person. But th- that gap should have been closed a long time ago. But politicians then play with the lives of the everyday people. And you're right, it's, it's, it's kind of like it's a very bold move to say, well, shit, if the politician isn't going to change it, then it's, it's going to take a, a... Then it's our responsibility. Yeah, that's building it from the, from the ground up, someone that can construct it. But, you know, one-to-one, we have to change, I think, inside. But that's what we said the difficult part is, you say you're not a part of the government in the decision they make. And it's in these critical moments where we have to then say, okay, how how do we how do we help each other to to effectively understand the stance we have as a, just a basic citizen versus big brother, let's say, you know? And how how does that gap close? Is it is it, is it politics? Is it education? Is it finance? Is it how can we? And what parts can all of us participate? in the well-being of the nation and eventually the world without it being a political view or some segregated division 
that is separate from the perspective of the heart and the soul that is all of us that causes you, a white person and me, a man of color, to sit and have this type of conversation with each other in two different generational eras. That's more than a perspective view. That's spirit and that's a heart resonated with each other. And that's why I, I, I took my singing bowl and I, I rang it. It's just bringing in that essence of the spirit between us. Which takes us back to where we started. We're talking about reparations. Yes. What form should it be? What, in, what areas should it encompass? And my point was slavery is not a white man versus black man or native person or whatever. It is much more encompassing than that. So reparations can encompass every form of subjugation. Yes, and that's what I was trying to say. Those are the, we, we have to break mental conscious chains, but it's, it's almost like we have to be given permission to, to now say, okay, you're now in charge of your own physical being and your own way of thinking. And that's what all these, these countries that are still dependent on other things would then have to develop themselves. But it's like, can we aid in the balancing and how much is too much technology into an undeveloped country bad for that development? And how, how, how much time will that take for uh, people that don't know running water and clean water and, and having a, a three meals a day to start to learn how those crops are grown and irrigation and, and, and roads and, you know, how things that we take for granted that we can maybe tomorrow go and, and bring the world into a balanced state. And there'll still be a, a, a divide between those that have had that technology and that advancement for longer than those that are just getting it and are just being introduced to its existence. But at some point, it has to happen. It has to slowly, slowly happen. And the question is, are we all willing to go through that, that, that self-exploration that brings us to that point? Because you can't, it, it, you can't it, doesn't, it does not have to be slow, though. No, it doesn't have to be slow. And that's why I said, if you, if, you take, if you take monetary compensation for a reparation out of the equation, if you say, when we talk of reparation, this is not about giving somebody money because their great-great-grandfather was enslaved by the Johnsons, right? Mm -hmm. so we're just saying, we're going to look at the, the social injustices, the injustice between the education system, the injustice between the medical system and the care. That's why I brought up like, the VA and, and, and those young kids that are sent to war and then just discarded and then taking another young one and sending them to war and then discarding another generation and the homeless in the streets all over it also the mental health situation. So the, the expense that they would need to have ongoing medical treatment, they can't afford it. Now, why should they have to pay for it when they already pay with their lives? So yeah. they're coming back into a system that's saying, we're not going to take care of you for the damage we've caused to you. And so when we talk of giving checks, I'm more saying let's break these social injustices and these systems that are built to red tape, bridging the gap and sharing not, not just financial wealth, but, you know, technology, information, medical, mm -hmm. things that can yeah. make leaps and giants that could bring the world together. And, and that's, that's disclosure at its finest. We already have a, a good example of, of what we're what you just brought up here in that the introduction of the smartphone into Africa 
completely altered the landscape and the economy and the the um, opportunities that opened up and became available to the the population, the everyday just a population that they didn't have running water, they didn't have electricity, barely had roads, yet they now have smartphones and they can connect with each other and they can form financial collectives and and it promoted growth economically and, and produced opportunities. And that's a perfect example of what could be done in a form of reparation, just opportunity. And we can bypass growth by just introducing something that transforms the individual. Yeah, but you, you can't bypass growth, you see, because there is a certain, there's a certain transformation that happens, a transmutation within the individual to conscious searching. So we can help, we can help set up water systems and irrigation, but at some point, you don't want to do too much for a developing being, not just a country or people. But when you develop a person, you can't overload or if you start giving too much technology and not enough understanding of what the technology is, how it came to be and how to balance it, then you are still creating a bigger imbalance and injustice. So at some point, it's not just giving iPhones, it's also teaching them the purpose for having roads and the purpose for having agriculture and crops and water sources and learning how that's done and having, how to look at a field and look and calculate where and how and, and the, the thinking process that also has to be independently discovered by the individual. For true growth to happen, someone has to discover themselves into the information. Now, you can assist, but to do it for, for too long, is in direct violation. What do you mean by that? It's in direct violation of the growth, of the freedom growth of the individual, because it's still just another form of control. You're giving someone that has no consciousness of what it is, something that will actually end up controlling them. So it's good because it's useful, but without first helping that individual to come to a conscious perspective of themselves, of the, of the type of growth that is necessary for you use Africa, for example. So we'll go back to it. How can we take Africa as a country and free it of all colonial control in this existing moment and create a borderless country of one that all African people can tomorrow return to Africa with all of their experiences and knowledge to build Africa. Now, that is the best reparation that they can give and all financial, medical help, all aid will be given by all countries that have to do with colonialism and slavery and raping of women and children and tearing men in half by horses and mentally destructing all of the system. So if we say let's build ships tomorrow and let's get airplanes tomorrow and let's take all of colonial control out of the diamond mines and out of the uranium mines and we turn all of this back over to the people of Africa. Which is what I, the example that I brought up was providing the population. No, no, no you can't, you're about to bring an iPhone. This is deeper than an iPhone. We're talking about creating gates floodgates for the children that are outside of Africa to return to Africa with yes, but, the, the, the knowledge, but, but the, the ability to share and help build a country that can be independent 
upon yes. itself. And each individual has to make up their own mind, has to learn for themselves. They must decide for themselves to change. But that's what this brings us back to the, the, the growth part of things, you know, rather than looking for reparation for African slavery. And we said the, the business end of what took place. So those types of, of injustices still exist in the understanding of the people, in the Correct. hearts of the people. So Joseph Conrad turned it into the heart of darkness. So when people mutilate and, 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 and cut off the genitalia of the women and, and do all sorts of things, you have to look and question deeper the spirit behind that. And you have to understand the change that is necessary, the battle that has to be fought from the soul that's deeper than an iPhone. And you're, you're bringing up topics that are in and of themselves forms of subjugation or slavery. That's what I'm trying to say. When those ships came and took the slaves and brought them out, people talk of the ships and the slaves, but they didn't think of the thinking that was happening on the continent and how their own people was rounding and doing business deals with the Europeans and people were actually being sold. So it was a commerce. There was the Indian route, there was the spice route. And the, you know, so it wasn't an uncommon thing in those days. True. And so that has to be understood even to this day because... When I say, if you want to heal Africa, then you have to take the colonial hand out that still control the diamond mines, that still control the uranium, that still control South Africa, that still subjugates most of Africa, while there's other rich countries in Africa with skyscrapers and everything else. So it's, it's such a, if you start to open such deep wounds <laughs> and such deep conversations that it, it, it becomes more than just a reparation of cutting someone a check because their ancestors were once on a slave ship. Well, I, um, I don't know where to go next with this. We, we, just, we just have to go back to the understanding. If um, you're reparation, then like you said, you just have to be glad it's a conversation that we're allowed to have. As we said, once upon a time, you'd never think it was a conversation as the Berlin Wall. Oh, I, ne I never thought we would be talking about this, correct. And we're, we're talking about slavery and African slavery and how it still is colonized. We're talking about the Berlin Wall and I'm talking about the mental wall that has to be broken. But sadly enough, the, the chains have been taking off of the slave concept, but you know, the, the mental, spiritual and emotional chains that are still bounded by the way things were the time those chains were taken off and transferred, people still have a, a way of thinking. That way of thinking was carefully introduced to them over time. So it starts within and it's an individual thing. It's the thing is, you know, for me, it's, I always come back to the ocean of consciousness. Some people swim out to the subconscious, unconscious levels of themselves and are able to tap in and connect to source. And from that, they find freedom a lot faster than those that have trouble being comfortable with self and exploring spirit. And it's difficult to have deeper conversations with certain people that aren't really ready for a certain deep level of conversations. And sadly, that's just the way society spreads. So what has to then happen is a decision for those who do come across each other like you and I did and have this, can make a harmonic connection to, to bring such a difficult discussion to life is that it begins with this our ability to talk about it. Because we talk about it, we gave it life. Now 
maybe that can touch someone else to, 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 to start to think about it a little bit differently. But it, it is, it's a lot deeper than Democrat and Republican. It's a lot deeper than Native American and African and... Male, female. Male, females, you know, yes. Sex, sex. The whole, it, it, it means, like you said earlier, it, it means a whole system taking all of its injustices and, and, and just breaking them, unlocking them and allowing humanity to function now without the isms or the being branded as anything other than just a person that's living and loving life. For us to get to the place where we can think of it that from that perspective, the life. We're no longer judgmental about each other and there's no political views and there's no up and left and right. It's just understanding that we are we are coexisting and we're coming from a place of love and light. That's a, a beautiful place to be, but it, to go from here to there, it takes time and it's, I think it'll be a difficult journey. Well, that's why I brought up the the Berlin Wall. Yeah, because yeah. there was there was a lot of conflict and a lot of um, um, issues that preceded the breaking of the or the tearing down of the Berlin Wall. And my point, what I was trying to make at that time, was that that was a catalyst. That was the culmination. And I think that's where we're headed now, is we're going to progress in jumps and starts, and we're going to have false, um, false um, breakthroughs, and, and we're going to go hither and yon, and then all of a sudden, there's going to be a catalytic event. And that's what I was saying. I don't know whether it's going to be like a 9-11 or a natural calamity or political or financial, whatever, whatever form it's going to be, there's going to be a catalyst and the chains are going to fall. Yeah. The people are demanding it. We've been uh, moving toward this, that this goal ever since the financial collapse of back in 2007, 2008, we've been heading in that direction. We just don't know what the catalyst is going to be. Yeah. And, I, and that's what I said, out of the sake of bringing, keeping love and light into the, the scenario, I said, I'm hoping it could be a conscious um, event that happens where the world goes to a conscious transmutation of self and is lifted into a higher state of consciousness. And that's what I was trying to tell you with Africa and, and the iPhone, more so than technology, is the people being raised in a, a level of consciousness that can equal and that so you're talking jumping generation skips ahead but it's possible and i believe that's why i rang my little goal that the power of the earth has the capacity to raise the vibration of all existing life within it but i think you know, we've been not treating the earth correctly and we're not treating ourselves correctly and the world is a constant war with each other. So we could have used all of these hundreds of years to do so much different things with this world and made it such a beautiful place. And the question is, how do we stop it from becoming a total annihilation? And how do we take it from where it's at now into that harmonic resonant place that it could be? By shining the light, yeah. by talking, by not being afraid, I'm not afraid to see light. Mm-hmm. You're right. You know, it's, it's just, but that's why I said thank you for bringing such a difficult topic to the, 
to discuss because it, it it's not this one not many people are willing to to honestly have with themselves and go beyond race and sex and see the problem and, and discuss it. But we have to. And that's that's what that's that's what the growth is that I was saying that shouldn't we, we shouldn't miss out. It's uncomfortable and one to one like how you and I have the conversation. One to one we can we can grow help each other to grow because we we we, we share. But once we resonate from ourselves that that love and that light and that frequency comes from us and that one by one like you said every time you deal with with a different client that comes in you help spread that love and that light with them by the way you greet them the way you tend to them it's a it's a it's a form of relationship that's being built where it's trust you're asking someone lay your head in my hand and just relax and i'll, I'll snap it but it won't break <laughs> you know no but that is Ironically, in your profession, that's actually what you do, right? <laughs> you know, um, You're right. <laughs> but in, in essence, that's the, 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 the spiritual trust that we have to have with each other is that we're, we're trusting that we're going to be going in, in, a, in a positive direction mm-hmm. for the betterment of the world instead of, like you said, another world war that we didn't sign up for. Correct. And I think maybe uh, doesn't it start with awareness? I'll give you uh, my own life as an example. I was raised very fundamentalist uh, Christian. And the mere thought of being in contact with or um, meeting uh, a homosexual was just anathema. And in the beginning, when I would bump into such people it was not comfortable yeah it was very uncomfortable and i had to work my way through that and i had to become aware that these are people these are people making a conscious decision to be different and there's nothing wrong with that and now i can i can love them and laugh and we um we have a, some very very dear friends now a gay couple who flew in to visit here and we we all sat around the table and we played um rage against humanity <laughs> which if you hadn't played that game it's wonderful right. and we had a great time i could not have done that 25 years ago uh, you think that's because of your upbringing in the south or the, the church being from a <laughs> From a governmental perspective, or all all of the above, yes. I know that the the view in the south and the families were still very male dominant. Yes, especially back in those days. Yeah, still are, still is, very patriarchal. Yeah, no. Um, so (coughs) I think it's a it's a very healthy topic you brought up today, and I'm very happy I was able to take this swim in the ocean of consciousness with you and explore it. And I think, I think we came full circle back to, you know, the factor that the reparation doesn't have to be financial. It could be the dismantling of social injustices that hinder the growth of these races and their descendants. And in that same time, asking these races and descendants to stop for a moment and to not have hatred and keep pointing fingers at the white man and look at history and understand that 
this was the common way and it was a business transaction with the continent and the ways of the continent and its darkest of, of times. And so it's still healing itself from those dark times. And reparation should not just affect the children of those brought to the new world and that slaved in the new world, but it, it should affect those that sold them into slavery. And what today African children in many different African countries still suffer from these types of oppressions. And that's what I said. I would like to see where reparation isn't just a financial aspect, but a way where we, we build a bridge between East and West. And from that, there's growth in not just a national level, but an international level where it, it brings effect to the world. And then Europe can get involved and England can get involved. Because like I said, all hands that had in to do with slavery could then look at a way of bridging and healing Africa. And from Africa being healed, the world can become balanced and aligned once again. And from that balance and alignment, the resonant sound can uplift humanity itself, which will cause an instant shift in everything that we are, and we just will become more. And that would be such a beautiful thing. So thank you once again for joining in the Stream Ocean Consciousness. I really do hope we could do this again. I mean, even if we talk about the same topic, I really always enjoy how you challenge me to, to, to look deeper into things and to come forward. And you, me, absolutely. There will be other topics because we live in a dynamic world that's um, eternally changing. That's the only constant we have is that change is inevitable. So other issues, other conflicts, other problems will arise. And so there will never be an end to (laughs) this type of discussion. It's a process. If we get this resolved, then something else is going to come up. So I thank you. No, I thank you. And once again, uh, thank you for assuming the ocean of consciousness. And I hope I'll see you next time. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Swimming in the Ocean of Consciousness podcast. It was truly a pleasure to be your guide. Please do join us next time for another eye-opening episode. Until then, please remember to thread water lightly and always be kind and loving to self.